The author of this epistle is Paul. Paul had written 1 Corinthians from Ephesus, where he had been engaged in a great ministry. Because of that ministry, Paul just couldn't leave or, and go over to Corinth. Paul remained in Ephesus approximately three years. During this period of time, he was unable to go to Corinth, so he sent Titus to see about their spiritual welfare. Later on, Titus brought word back to Paul concerning the Corinthian believers. He brought good news. The Corinthians were obeying the things that Paul had told them to do in his first letter to them. At Philippi, Paul sat down to write this second epistle. In this epistle, the Apostle Paul opens his heart in a wonderful way. With this in mind, let us begin. I trust that you are already there at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. And it reads, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Now Paul gives glory to God who had comforted him in the midst of his afflictions and persecutions. God was with Paul. Listen, it is a blessed thing for God to be with you. And when God is with you, you can make it through any circumstance and always be an encouragement to others. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounded by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raised the dead, who delivered us from so great a debt, and do it deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Paul's life, listen, was constant in danger for the gospel's sake. Paul was heavily persecuted, stoned, and left for dead in one place. But God raised him up to preach another day. Listen, tribulation is a good thing. It is a tool used by God to help bring us to maturity in him. We, we may not always understand everything you know, we go through or why we are going through it. But in the midst of it, keep your trust in him. Verses 11 and 12. Ye also happen together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of, in, of many persons, thanks be given by many on our behalf. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you it. 
Now, our conversation means our manner of life in the world. Paul says that he can rejoice because of the testimony of his life. He makes it clear that it was not by fleshly wisdom. It was not by our wisdom that our lives are a testimony to those around us. If we have been a testimony for God, it is, it is because we have lived our lives in simplicity and godly uh, sincerity. Paul is saying that by God's grace, suffering has produced this in his life. Suffering produces qualities in our lives that ought to be shared to, to bring edification and encouragement to the body of Christ. All right, verses 13 through 15. For we write none other things unto you than what ye read or acknowledge. And I trust ye shall acknowledge even to the end, as also ye have acknowledged us in part, that we are your rejoicing, even as ye also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. And in this confidence I was minded to come unto you before, that ye might have a second benefit. Now Paul is simply saying here that they had been that they had a blessed time together the first time he was with them, and trust that the second time would be blessed as well. All right, chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. And to pass by into Macedonia, and to come again out of Macedonia unto you, and of you to be brought on my way toward Judea. When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness? Or the things that I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh, that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay? But as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Savannah and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen. Unto the glory of God by us. Now, Paul was letting the Corinthian believers know that when he told them he was coming to see them, he was not wishy-washy about that commitment. And just like God's promises are yea, his promise of going to see them was yea. But only in God's appointed time would he arrive to them, because his life was completely led by the Holy Spirit. All right, verses 21 through 24. Now he which established us with you in Christ and had anointed us is God, who had also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul that to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth or Corinth. Not for that we have dominion over your fate, but are helpless of your joy. For by fate ye stand. Now, Paul lets them know that they are established in Christ. They are anointed and sealed with the Holy Spirit. And he lets them know that God was his witness of why he didn't come to them sooner. He wanted to give them time to correct the things he addressed in his first letter to them. He didn't want them to see him as a big boss with a stick hoovering over them, but instead as a leader filled with love and compassion, with a desire to see their faith strengthened and to see them grow up in the Lord. 